there has been an absolute favorite guided process from those who are in my pain to power program, clients, and those who attended a masterclass. I have had so much positive feedback on this one short, simple guided process that I wanted to share it with you today. Now, I did it within a masterclass that I hosted. So I decided to go ahead, edit the masterclass a bit, and just give it to you all because it was such a powerful masterclass. I have had so many people messaging me even months later talk about how just that information they received in that class alone completely changed the trajectory of their healing journey. So in this special podcast episode, you are first going to hear the masterclass, which happens to be day two of a series. So if there's any, I tried to edit the best I can, but if there's any little tidbits that feel like it's missing information, that's probably why. But I will maybe, maybe get the other ones up here or go ahead and request them from me. And the guided process is at the end of the masterclass. So make sure you stay and listen to that. And I would love to hear your feedback. Please enjoy it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, founder of the Whole Self Integration Method. And this method is here to guide you out of chronic pain and into a life that is designed by you, for you, and one that you get to live exactly in the way that feels true to your authentic wisdom. Welcome to day two. Today is all about reclaiming back your personal power, and we're going to be going through a powerful process together today so you can really experience a taste of this work. So please make sure that if you are distracted or you're driving or multitasking, that you are slowly bringing yourself to a place where you can um, really settle in. Now, we're, we're going to be doing it later on so you have time to, to get yourself situated, but if you are able to be at a place where you're totally undisturbed, then that will be amazing. I just wanted to put that out there right now so you can get prepared and make sure that you are getting as much out of this as possible. And before we dive into the training, I wanted you to just meet someone. Uh, this is Michael Ann. Uh, or before we started working together, she uh, was unable to have penetrative sex and she had other chronic pain and migraines and neck pain that was really impacting her life. She had seen so many different practitioners and providers and was really feeling pretty apprehensive about trying out yet another person. Cost was definitely a huge concern as she had already spent not just like money, but so much time and energy and coaching, physical therapy, doctor's appointments. And she had this huge fear that this was going to be another thing that just wouldn't work for her. And she also had layers then of fear of being gaslit because that had happened many times in her appointments and fears about not being listened to or kind of just told to push through or just being made felt like, like being made to feel like she was doing something wrong. And Michael Ann's fears are not at all uncommon. I'm sure you all can relate to at least some of them. 
In fact, almost everybody I speak to has some version of these fears because a lot of time, money, and energy has already been spent looking for solutions. And there often is a lot of gaslighting that happens in doctor's appointments, you know, um, you know through different practitioners and different approaches. And often when there have been many unsuccessful things that have been tried, it can just leave us feeling more broken and hopeless and like we're the problem. But after our work together, Michael Ann had this to say, I can't believe how much this work has changed my life forever. I had no idea how much chronic anxiety and perfectionism I was living with on a daily basis. And that has been completely transformed. Mind you, that's not what she came to me for. It was what was underneath a lot of her symptoms. And the cherry on top is that I was finally able to have penetrative sex. And on top of that, her neck pain and migraines were on a massive healing trajectory. They were much, much less. And the other thing she mentioned was that it really, and it sort of really spoke to what I feel like is at the, the crux of this work, is that she said it reestablished a baseline for me that will enable me to do anything else I need to do for myself. It removed a lot of the internal blocks and barriers. And oh my gosh, yes to this. This work yeah, it's about chronic pain. That's why you're coming here. But it's so much deeper than that. It opens up so many opportunities because our pain is teaching us different skills that we're learning along the way. It's teaching us how to turn inwards, to hear the wisdom of our bodies. And we can use these same tools to address fears that come up with anything that we want to do in life. And in addition, over time, these tools teach you how to do a lot of this work, you know, yourself. And I can't overstate the value that these have, even when pain is no longer even in the picture. They make navigating any difficult scenario, relationship, and decisions that just happens with so much ease, confidence, and resilience because you're able to step into your own power. And we'll talk about that more, so let me not jump ahead. Something that is so gut-wrenching for me is when I hear about someone who has spent all their time and energy focused on just one aspect of pain, and they're not seeing the results. And again, it leaves them feeling like they've done something wrong. When the truth is, it was just only that one area was being looked at. And only one particular aspect was being uh, addressed. And often what we tend to do is to try to double down on that. Like, oh, uh, I'm not journaling hard enough. Let me journal more. Let me meditate more. Let me do more rehab exercises. When really what's needed is more nuance and awareness and spaciousness and just a more expansive, right? We get really tunnel vision when we're in fight or flight. And so we can get tunnel vision on our healing, but we're then trying to heal in the same paradigm that often brought us to where we are in the first place. So we will stay stuck in it because we cannot heal from the same paradigm that created where we are. And what I want to also say is that probably the vast majority of my clients have deeply come to this work already having a very deep understanding of the mind-body connection. I've worked with many healers and coaches who help others with this very work. And what I just want to remind you of is that we just can't see the forest through the trees in ourselves, okay? It is too easy to miss aspects of the pain triad when we are trying to go at it alone or assuming we should know because, oh, well, I should know better or I've read all the books or I help others with this work, right? This, this type of thinking keeps us stuck in the shrink response. This type of thinking is going to keep us in the vicious cycle 
because the nervous system is designed to heal in community. We need community. We need support. Going at it alone is a trauma response in, its, in itself. And we'll touch on this more, but one of the ways to accelerate healing is to be part of a supportive community because human beings are social beings, even if you're super introverted. <laughs> we might be social in different ways, but we all need some type of support. And this is why I probably will always have a coach and have support for myself, right? I still even like, I can't tell you how often I will show up to my coaching session with my coach and she tells me something. And I was like, ah, oh, literally just told my client that earlier today. I guess I should listen, you know, for myself, right? I just need it echoed back to me because we need that support. And it saves us so much time and energy. So that's why I will always have support um, in whatever area of life I'm focusing in on. All right. So today we are going to be bringing in the emotional and nervous system components a process that I refer to as introspective inventory, as it's all about turning inwards. We have been taught our whole lives to outsource our body and our power to an external source. You've had subtle or not so subtle comments that tell you who to be, how you should show up, or maybe what your body is feeling isn't what it's supposed to be feeling, or it's not worth listening to. And some of these are meant from love. They're meant from a positive place. It's not even malicious. It's just it's just how we interact with each other often. We do it to other people too, by the way. There's not even a judgment of that. It's just a noticing of this, how common it has become to outsource this. And on day one, we talked about how this can show up just around eating food or how we experience pain. And just exercise in itself, right? And often as kids, things that we are exposed to. But it also shows up in every aspect from life, from a very young age. It might be what expectations on what toys you should have been playing with or even how you should have been playing with toys, right? How often, you know, do parents come in and correct, oh, no, this is what you're supposed to do with this toy, right? Or, oh, no, you're playing with it wrong. Just like little things like that. That it just starts to be like, oh, wait, I don't know, right? We start to doubt ourselves. And it might be in, oh, you're wearing that today? Oh, that's that's what you've chosen to put on? Hmm. Right? After you've chosen an outfit you love. Or maybe it's the, mm, quiet down, you're drawing too much attention to yourself, or mm, you are too much type of comments. Or maybe the comments that are like, well, maybe if you started to not be so shy or weird or awkward, you'd have more friends or you'd have a partner or something like that, right? Of just the way you're showing up is just not good enough, right? Or maybe you've been told your dreams are unrealistic or crazy or that you are going to need to learn to live in the real world and bring yourself down if you've expressed wanting to be in a way that just doesn't fit societal norms or what people are used to. All of these impacts us. And here's the thing. I think what's becoming more and more common and what we're seeing a lot of is a lot of people wanting to control other people from sharing messages like that. And yes, that's a whole different conversation. We can all, you know, work on being more aware of how our words impact others. 
but we're never going to be able to control other people and other people's words. This messaging isn't going to die down anytime soon. Like, yes, to making strides and hopefully bettering all of that. But if we're waiting for that to happen, you're going to be waiting your entire life. We cannot rely on everyone else to change their words and how they approach you because it's not, it's, it, that isn't realistic. It's, it's not going to happen. It's a harsh reality, but it's true. So instead, though, when you feel solid about what you believe, what you want to do, how you want to dress, when you feel solid in that, people can make comments that they just roll off of you a little differently. Doesn't mean you don't get hurt along the way or there's not things that happen, of course, but they don't hit you on the deep level and make you doubt yourself. And that's what we want to gain that like sense of personal power in. I'm sure you've all had that moment where you have put on something maybe you love and someone makes a comment and you're like, man, I can't believe you don't see how awesome this is. Or you share something that you just know is great and it just is it just doesn't hit the same way when someone makes a negative comment. Or you just know it to be so true that you're like, damn, I'm, you know, it sucks that you can't see that, but okay, I'm going to keep doing my thing, right? Because you have that sense of personal power. You're not outsourcing it. You're not looking for someone else's validation or approval. And so that's really what this work is about because we cannot control what other people are going to think of us. Other people are always going to have opinions. It's about just being solid on yours. All right. So whatever it has been for you, here's the thing. We are all born with deep inner wisdom and a knowing in our bodies. Every single person has this. There are no exceptions. It's a wisdom that comes from within and is connected to a universal source of energy. And what you decide to call this or what you like to think about this is completely personal. There's no you know, right way of thinking about this. Some might want to call it the divine or God or Mother Earth or something else entirely. Whatever words resonate for you is what is important here. That never changes and its presence is proof that you are whole and infinitely worthy exactly as you are that that always just is that that never shifts it is always there it cannot get better it cannot get worse right no one's ever becomes more worthy or less worthy that's always just there it just is and so what we're talking about is taking the time and the intention to connect back into it so we can feel that so we can embody it and everything we've been taught to doubt ourselves just moves us away from our own wisdom and this knowing that's there so this is just about moving us back to it and there's no judgment or blaming or shaming ourselves when we move away because we will. That's part of being a human. It's just about bringing yourself back to it. And in fact, that shaming or blaming yourself for not doing it good enough or not being connected enough or not feeling worthy enough, even that is just a tool of the patriarchy. Because here's the thing is everyone blames themselves on being the thing that's wrong right? If everyone is just busy blaming themselves and beating themselves up and having that harsh inner critic, then guess what? It's going to prevent you from looking elsewhere at other systems that actually are responsible and that need the change. It just keeps you distracted. It keeps you focused on beating yourself up versus, hey, where can change actually happen in this world? 
So here's the thing. We are all adults now. And while it is not your fault that you have been disconnected from your body's wisdom, it is only you that can now be the one to decide to connect back into it. Nobody else can do that for you. You can get guidance along the way and support along the way, but no one else can actually do that for you. And that is a choice that gets to be made over and over and over again. It's not like a one and done type of decision. Our bodies want to be connected to us. They want to be heard. And often our body speaks in a whisper, in a whisper that can be easily ignored or shoved aside or has a lot of competing voices that just talk louder. I know for myself, when I look back at my journey, my body had been whispering at me for years. I didn't think it was there. I just didn't know how to listen to it. And it wasn't until I got in my car accident that left me with chronic post-concussive syndrome that I had no choice but to listen because by then my body was screaming at me. Each and every one of our bodies holds this deep wisdom for us. And often what happens, especially when we have pain, we just do what we have been taught is to keep seeking externally for answers. And don't get me wrong, there is always nuance to this work. There is a massive difference between receiving proper support and just allowing someone else who hasn't been like vetted by your personal wisdom to dictate what is right for you. We can't know it all. This isn't about that because there are there is so much value, of course, that I hope everyone who's here has had a proper medical evaluation, if that's what makes sense for the pain that you've experienced, to ensure that if there is anything that requires a different set of tools, you know, to be ruled out. We have medical experts for a reason, but some, sometimes the body's wisdom is telling you to go see a certain type of provider, a certain type of practitioner. It may have been your wisdom that guided you here, or likely was your wisdom that guided you here onto this call into the first place. Your wisdom can guide you on who you want to, you know, next to listen to or trust or, you know, allow your brain to have access to. I've worked with many, many people with complex medical diagnosis who benefit from conventional medical care, and we still do this work, which drastically improves their life. And I've worked with women who, once they finally stopped seeking external advice and turned inwards, their body had all the wisdom that they needed for healing. It's And everyone in between. We are unique individuals. And just a reminder that chronic pain is complex. There are no dogmas or protocols. And I operate on trusting the choices that you're making for your body and making them with intention guided by your body's wisdom. But to get to that wisdom, we have to build that trust and connection that has been eroded. But it's a skill. It is like a muscle. It's never lost. It can be built back up. And today we're going to be doing that. So before we dive into the meat of this training and the process, I really want to bring in the awareness that almost everything I will be covering today really can be applied to emotional pain as well or really big intense emotions the reality is is our conscious mind is only you know estimates are 0.5 to 5 percent of our mind and for simplicity's sake and for what we're discussing here i'm going to interchange the subconscious mind and the nervous system 
when referring to this. Obviously, they are not exactly the same thing from a physiological sense, but when we're talking about of the holder of memories, thoughts, emotions, they are really interchangeable because our nervous system holds onto these things. We talked about that on day one, and so does the subconscious mind. And it works in a very different way than the conscious mind, which is logical and rational. The subconscious mind is not logical or rational at all. <laughs> it is often, I like to compare the subconscious mind to trying to communicate with a two-year-old. It just, you can't rationalize. It doesn't have the same level of, and it's not like a, a better or worse thing. It's just, it just doesn't operate at the same level. And like this iceberg in this picture, we can't completely silo these things out, right? They are a two-way feedback loop. Like we discussed, they are deeply connected. But trying to impact our lives by only addressing the conscious mind, as you can see, is missing where we have some of the largest impact. I think we all know for so many things, trying to just change our thoughts doesn't work. And this is why. But being aware of our initial thoughts, being aware of what our thoughts are, of what our reactions are, and what our responses are, are like being able to see the tip of the iceberg because they show us exactly where to look underneath. It's like exposing, oh, hey, there's something here, there's something deeper. So our body holds on to unprocessed traumas, beliefs, memories, and experiences. It's all held in the subconscious, in the nervous system. This includes traumatic experiences that happened within our lifetime, but also experiences that our body may be holding onto that have been passed down through generations or even from collective societal experiences. For the purpose of this training, what is most important is that when something is in the subconscious, your body cannot tell that whether it was your actual lived experience what's a collective experience, what's societal, what's from generations ago, or what's even just from like, oh, that was that happened when you were three and we are now an adult and safe. Like it really can't tell the difference. It's kind of stuck in that moment of time. And for the most part, for a lot of things, we actually don't need to know the story. Sometimes it's helpful, but nor do we need to know the exact truth or the exact events that happened. This work is very, very different than traditional talk therapy, which places a lot of emphasis on that. Talk therapy has its place, absolutely, but it stays in the conscious mind. And as we saw before, it means its impacts end up being limited, which is often why people will plateau with it. They'll feel like, oh, it helped a bit, and then I kind of hit this plateau. Or they feel like they're hashing out the same story for decades with no shifts or transformations in their life to speak of. But when we tap into what the body is holding, both from an unprocessed trauma, belief, and memory standpoint, as well as from a wisdom standpoint, freaking changes the game. Because not only are you actually rewiring your nervous system and how it sees the world, but now you are tapped into your body's wisdom, which holds what is true for you. And that's going to look different for everybody because everyone is here on earth for different reasons and holds different gifts and, and uniqueness. Our body holds messages for us. And truth be told, many mistake messages from parts of ourselves for your body's wisdom. These are not the same things. 
It is crucial to understand what you are listening to within your body. Because sometimes what we hear could be words of your parent from when you were three. It could be a gut response that is your fearful three-year-old desperately trying to appease your parents to stay safe versus the deep wisdom of your true self. Those are very different messages. And if we can't discern them, we run into a lot of like tensions in this work. Here's the thing. We are all made up of endless parts. That two-year-old part that began to learn that her cries made her parents angry and therefore left her feeling unsafe. So she learned how to repress them, but that kept her safe. It's made up of the 10-year-old who showed up to school in her new favorite dress, but then got laughed at because it was too much. It's made up of the part that learned that the only way to get you or others to notice you is to be in pain. Imagine these parts as children. You wouldn't treat them all the same. You wouldn't respond to them all the same. And all too often, all too often what happens is we start hearing a message from a younger, scared part and we mistake that for our body's wisdom, for our true selves. And so we actually hand over the keys to the bus to that younger part, which only freaks them out more because we're like, oh, oh, you're telling me this. Okay, I should do what you say, which is giving them all the power. It would be equivalent to when a kid screams in fear because they think there's a monster under their bed. And then as a parent, we scream back and run away. We're like, oh my God, that is so scary. You're right. Right? Like we're joining them in the fear. Can you imagine how that kid would feel? Would they feel safe? Would they feel cared for? Fuck no. <laughs> that kid would feel even more terrified. Not only are they unable to fend for themselves because they're a kid, but now the adult that is responsible for all their survival needs is also terrified. Right? But imagine how that kid would feel if instead their parent recognized their fear met it with oh my gosh you are so scared wow oh my gosh that shadow does look really scary i see that and then help them see the safety hold on like you stay here i'll go investigate let's see what this is let me investigate under the bed oh look it's actually this extra fluffy blanket i stored it here to you know to put it out of the way and it's making the shadow on the wall right Oh, do you want me to stay here for a few minutes to make sure it feels safe now? Let me let me just hold you for a little bit and we can together make sure that it feels safe. Right? Can you feel how different that feels versus the parent reacting to the fear and joining them with it? We need to be able to tell what role we are taking and what parts we are listening to. Now, of course, for this child along this way, there might be crying that happens or more fear and that is all beautiful they are processing the emotional components all of that gets to be heard and in fact it's probably exactly what that child needed to just clear and move through things that happen during the day it's like um it's almost like an emotional hygiene that has to happen we all always need to be processing and completing emotional cycles and stress cycles that happen during the day and emotional release can be one way to do this so in this moment, the mom in this scenario is acting as the wisdom. She is holding space for all parts of the child that are desiring to be heard in that moment and helping them show, see the current safety. And so she is choosing the actions that benefit the whole child. 
She isn't allowing any one of the parts to dictate what happens next, right? Maybe the child is saying, oh, I can't stay in this room. She's not just like being like, oh, you're right. It is way too scary. She's saying, no, like, let me show you the safety, right? Because it, when we do that, it just actually amplifies the fear. If we're like, oh, yeah, you're right. This room is too scary, right? It's just affirming that. It's creating more fear. She isn't making the fear wrong, though, or making shaming the child for having it. She's truly hearing and holding it all with compassion. And after everything is processed that was needed to be processed in that moment, chances are the child will drift off to sleep. And this is what our wisdom can do for our bodies. Pain is a part of us. But while at times its present may contribute to our wisdom's next step, right? It needs to be taken into account. It isn't the one that we want calling the shots. We don't want it to be driving the bus. It's the equivalent of getting scared with the kid, which only, again, hypersensitizes their system more. And when we bring it back into pain, just results in more pain because it's just affirming the fears of the body. All right. So likely if you're here, you've heard about the mind-body connection. And if you haven't, that's totally cool too. And yes, what we are talking about here relates to it, but it also takes it to the next level. Because so often... When it is being referenced, the mind-body connection, it's just referring to one aspect of this connection between our mind and our body, and it's neglecting other ones. And this is where the whole self-integration comes into play, because with whole self-integration, it's bringing over time all components together to fully embrace our time here on Earth, to fully say like yes to life. Chances are you've heard of and have attempted some tools related to the mind-body connection. And if you, again, if you haven't, no worries, it, you're still in the right place. Maybe you've tried a lot of things like different types of journaling or meditation. Or maybe you just dabbled in, you know, one thing or just have, you know, maybe listened to some podcasts on it and aren't quite sure how to implement. What you need to know is that the whole self-integration, when nurtured and attended to, will end up improving every area of your life because it impacts how we show up in this world. It impacts the decisions we make. And it will also lower the suffering we feel because of pain and actually alleviate pain itself over time. But often what gets missed for chronic pain is that nurturing this connection with self or that being in the body itself has been deemed as a threat to the nervous system. Often, if our body is in pain, we disconnect from ourselves as a survival mechanism, right? It's a coping mechanism. We learn to just be in our heads and out of our bodies because trying to go inwards feels too painful or unsafe. So if you've tried mind-body techniques and either found yourself unable to implement them um, like maybe you just forget all the time, you know, you like set the intention and then you're like, oh my gosh, I just somehow completely forgot. That's a great defense mechanism by the body, by the way. <laughs> um, or maybe you find yourself procrastinating or when you do them, it leaves you like really uncomfortable and you're like, oh my gosh, that didn't work. Or you just find yourself beating yourself up for not doing it, you know, well enough. Well, some of that can be just a habit of beating ourselves up, which is <laughs> something to absolutely that we cover in depth because that's perfectionism right there, but also some of it can be your nervous system interrupt, interpreting this work as a threat. 
So why is introspective inventory so important? Our bodies hold everything we need to know about being the truest, most, most authentic version of ourselves. They already hold it. Our job is to just discover it along the way. Our bodies also hold suppressed emotions and experiences that haven't been processed through our systems, and these can keep us stuck and in pain. So what is introspective inventory? It is a part of the whole self-integration process where we dive deep and understand what our nervous system and subconscious are holding so we can then best attend to them. The process is multi-layered, but I'm going to show you aspects of it today. Now, often when you discover all of this or when people learn how actually becoming more authentic to yourself and embracing these true versions of yourself and letting go of perfectionism and people pleasing and how we think we're supposed to show up in the world, that in itself can be a massive pain alleviator. So it's tempting to want to just jump in and be like, all right, let's just be my authentic self, right? Which is heck yes, hell yes to that. I'm all about that. Or maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I have to process all the layers my body is holding um, in order to show up in the way or in order for this XYZ to happen. But let's pause. Because urgency never serves us when it comes to this type of work. Because our nervous system is going to move at the pace it needs to move at. And urgency kind of kicks us into fight or flight. So we want to take a breath. And I just want to assure you that you never ever need to perfectly process all the stuff your body is holding on to that's you would just be sitting and processing all that'd be very boring it's not what you have to do okay we just need to look at what our body is very clearly presenting in a moment and process through that because it's kind of just showing you the next step every time of like oh hey look at this look at this right and then in order to do these things, it we need to ensure that it does feel safe within your window of tolerance for your nervous system. Some people will be able to explore at different levels from the get-go. Some people can go really deep, really fast, and they already have this baseline level of safety. For others, they're again, might be a chance that some of this work is deemed as a threat. And actually trying to go too fast or too deep or, you know, show up in the world in a certain way can actually send you into overdrive or send you into a trauma response in itself. So it's just about getting to know your system and not even needing to do it all, you know, right. Sometimes we have to try something and learn how our body responds to know how our system responds. So what we're going to talk about is making sure that we're all on the same page with establishing nervous system safety. But know that this is something that for some could need a lot more attention. It sure did for me. And we do that within the 12-week program. And this is what happened to me. I was doing all the right things, but what I didn't realize was that I was it was furthering disconnection with my body because I was doing it from this lens of perfectionism, of thinking I, need, I needed to be a certain way or I should respond in a certain way. And I when anything, anytime something uncomfortable was happening in my body, I was making it be something wrong. And that was creating more disconnection. It was like, oh, that doesn't feel safe. That that uncomfortable feeling didn't feel safe. So coming at this work as a, oh, I'm gonna process this thing so I can get rid of this uncomfortable feeling, or I'm gonna, you know, do this so I never have to feel sadness again, doesn't work because those are human emotions. <laughs> 
right? It's not about avoiding uncomfortable emotions. It's about learning how to hold them in your system and move through them so we can continue moving forward and growing in life and do the things we want to do in life, not have those things get in the way. So when so it's always going to come back to compassionate, um, compassionately hearing the message of our body and of our parts. So why is introspective inventory so freaking powerful? It is because it is the only way we can make the subconscious conscious. We have to go inwards into the body. Our cognitive brain, as we saw in that iceberg picture, is not aware of like what is in the subconscious. I mean, it is aware it's impacting it, but we don't know what it's holding unless we go into the body. And so one of the fastest, most effective ways to do this is by going through the introspective inventory process. And of course, was in the program, I specifically teach these in a way that is, you know, there's just not enough time in today's training, but we're getting the most important stuff. But it also helps turn big, scary, abstract things that your brain perceives as a threat into something that can be much more tangible and concrete and feel a lot more safe to be with. And when we do that, it's exactly how we reduce the sensitization of the nervous system, which is what alleviates pains and helps us integrate our whole selves. This whole self integration allows you to be in charge of your life. When you can integrate your whole self, you are no longer stuck feeling controlled by or at the mercy of pain or even painful emotions or thoughts or beliefs. And these are all skills that you can learn. And up until now, chances are no one has just taught you how to do them at this level because it doesn't get taught. It's not taught in school, that's for sure. And I haven't seen it taught um, in this way in any other program. So we're going to be going into a guided process. And again, this is a guided journey one. And what I want to invite you to do is to just, one, start settling in, get comfortable as I'm, as I'm talking, but to really let go of any expectations whatsoever and just fully notice what comes up. So feel free to settle in. First, what I'm going to do is just a little bit of a quick safety practice of taking a moment before you close your eyes or anything is to just look around and see the safety that is around you right now. Because you shouldn't be doing this if you're not somewhere that's physically safe. So just reminding your system of like there are no, you know, saber tooth tigers in the corner. If you need to go and like close a door or do something to just make you feel like safe with your eyes closed. And of course, if you are not in a place that is safe to close your eyes, then wait to do this later. So after you've looked around, seen your safety, if it feels good to close your eyes down, if that feels something like you're comfortable with, go ahead and close your eyes down. Or you can always let them rest on something in front of you, knowing that you have complete agency along this process. This doesn't have to be deeply meditative if that feels just not accessible to you, that you can open your eyes at any time if needed, and you can always close them again. Noticing the temperature of the air on your skin. Mm 
Noticing whatever pace your breath is wanting to breathe you, not needing to change it. Noticing how right here and right now, your brain might think thoughts because that's what brains do. Your heart continues to beat. And your breath continues to breathe you. That there's nothing you need to do or change. That you get to just be exactly as you are. Allowing yourself to sink down a little deeper and be completely held by your chair or whatever surface you were on. Held by the earth. And held by gravity. And inviting in your authentic wisdom, your inner guidance, whatever you like to call it, to be leading and guiding you here today. If it feels supportive, you can invite in your breath to take up a little bit more space, but never needing to force it. And so as you're here in this space, allow yourself in your mind's eye and whether you are someone who is really visual and can see this really well, or if you feel like you don't see things well, it might just be a knowing, or maybe you connect more to smell or sound. So just connecting in with what is right for you and trusting what comes up. Is there gonna allow yourself to notice that around you in your mind's eye, you are in a meadow. And as you look down, you notice that you are standing on a path. And so you start walking at whatever pace feels good along that path. Taking in the beauty and the safety of your surroundings. It's the exact right temperature. It's the exact right weather for you. And as you look ahead on that path, continuing to walk down it, you see a forest. And this forest is really inviting and nurturing. Feels very safe. And it can be made of whatever trees you like. Could be a mixture of palm trees and evergreens right next to each other. It gets to appear in exactly the way that just leaves you feeling wanting to walk through it. And so as you enter in the forest, 
just taking a moment to look at the trees, continuing down the path. And you start to notice that each tree along the path has a special glow to it. And it turns out that each tree has healing and holding and nurturing properties. Each one is deeply rooted into the earth and into universal supportive healing spaces. And you don't even need to know really what that means or what that looks like. It's just knowing the truth of that. And each one is guided by your wisdom, your spiritual support, and is right for you. And so as you're walking along the path, you're going to invite in, invite up parts of yourself that are looking to be held with more compassion and nurturing Maybe parts that have some unmet needs. Maybe parts that are holding fears, worries, anxieties, pain. And as you're walking, imagine dropping off each part onto its own tree. And don't worry, we'll be coming back for these. They are being left here. Each part, just as you walk, you don't even need to be aware of it happening. It's just giving the permission for each part to be dropped off. And while we're continuing on with this guided journey, each part is going to be attended to by your wisdom, by your guidance. And it will be fed and nurtured imbued with love, compassion, and any healing that is just right for it where it is right now. And you don't need to be aware of any of this happening. This is all just happening in the background. So you continue to walk down this path, letting parts hop off exactly when they're ready, feeling lighter and lighter each step of the way. Allowing that to continue to happen. And when you look ahead, you notice a little clearing. And in that clearing, there is a space for you to rest. Maybe it's a hammock, a cozy chair, just a nice patch of grass. Again, whatever feels just safe. And inviting could be a big cozy bed. Gets to be whatever you want because you get to create this in your mind's eye. And walking towards it, feeling lighter and lighter each step of the way. And by the time you approach it, you are noticing that you are completely embodying your unburdened self 
you have temporarily allowed any parts, stories, beliefs, ancestral parts to all just be held by the trees. And so you get to take a seat or lie down and feel completely supported in this space. Breathing into what it feels like to be touching in to your true self, your unburdened self. Placing a hand on your heart. Taking a breath here. And asking yourself, what do I need to know right now? Allowing this message to come in the form of words, in a feeling, maybe an object even appears. Or knowing that this answer might be presented later today through something you see or just that pops into your head when you're showering later or something like that. Sometimes it could be delayed. And then asking yourself, what is the next right thing for me? Again, just feeling into the answer and however it appears or however you feel about it. Taking a moment to thank yourself. Breathing into this space, knowing that you can visit this again at any time. And you get to come back here and you can ask any questions you want. And slowly releasing your hand. And then standing up from where you're sitting in your mind's eye. Walking back down the path. And as you walk back down the path, the parts that are truly parts of you will just naturally come back to you because they are all part of you. 
and your story and your unique self. They all get to have a home with you and to be integrated in with you, knowing that they have received any healing and nurturing that was exactly right for them. And any stories or limiting beliefs or things that have just gotten hooked onto you along the way, those are all dissolved by the earth. Those don't need to hop back onto you. The trees already took care of that. Knowing you are just picking back up the parts that are truly you. Walking back along the path towards the meadow. Coming back into the meadow, feeling the sun on your skin. And then slowly wiggling your fingers and your toes. And whenever it feels right for you, opening your eyes, stretching, moving, and coming back into the here and the now. Letting that all settle in. If you need to take any notes or write anything down from your experience, please take the time to do that. And knowing that whatever came up was exactly right for you right now. Often people can have different types of responses, whether it's this really powerful vision or words or phrases or a deep knowing that just mm, feels so warm and, and juicy and empowering. Other people might experience a nothingness, uh, almost a lack something sometimes something un more unexpected or even like negative or dark feeling can happen and so just know that whatever was your experience has a place and remembering that this is one type of process that connecting to your unburdened self is powerful in so many ways because it can help guide us along our journey and it's a powerful guidance piece to connect I'll just tell, tell a funny story is that every time I used to do processes like this, like I would try something. I remember this one time there was someone leading a process and I felt like everyone was like sharing the most like powerful, beautiful visuals. And it was this like future self guided thing. And it was like, what would your future self be doing or wearing or saying? I can't remember exactly what the prompt was. I literally just imagined myself like screaming bloody murder. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, at first it's like I used to judge myself for things like that. And then I made it mean something wrong. But when I actually really allowed whatever reaction I had, which mine are always like and kind of dark. So please know that you're not alone or or you're in the right place if that is you too at times. Um, 
that actually the more I, I allowed it and moved through it and learned how to support that, the more now I can do things like this. And I'm like, oh, this is where people are having these really like blissful experiences. Now I get to have these. I just had to move through a lot of layers first. And so, yeah, this can be so powerful. And again, I want to just remind everyone that it's just one type, right? So often we get the, can get these messages if we're able to. And then it's like, can we act on them? Do we Can we take the next step that we hear? Can we apply it into our everyday life? Are you, do you feel confident that it was a voice of your unburdened self or could it have been a part that didn't quite want to disconnect from you, right? And it's like, do you feel like you can tell the difference? Um, and being able to apply this work with so much nuance and take it into your lived experience um, is so important along this way. And this is really where the uh, the rest of the whole self-integration process comes in because we've covered now the mind piece with that wonder-driven mind, the emotional piece with the nervous system, um, with this introspective inventory. And this is one like teensy, teensy part of it. The introspective inventory has a lot more to it, as you could probably tell from today. We also want to come back to our body and body harmony, which is not just our physical body, but also how we show up in the world and the actions we take. And again, you can feel how they're all intertwined because how you show up in the world, what actions you take can depend a lot on what your nervous system is holding onto and what thoughts you might be having and what amount of nervous system safety you have. And so for now, I know after we do processes, you're a little like, well, okay. So I'm not going to talk too much, so don't worry. But go ahead, drink water. Um, if you can get outside for a little bit, breathe some fresh air. That can feel really, really nice to help integrate a process like that. Know that a lot of times things just continue to integrate in the background. And thank you all so much for being here, for coming along that journey with me and for your vulnerability in doing that and your bravery in showing up today. I love seeing this commitment you all have to yourselves and to your journey. It is absolutely beautiful. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. It's a powerful process, right? And if it's something that you feel like you either want to take further or it was something that was challenging, maybe you didn't quite have the experience you were hoping and you want to learn more about how to connect to your personal power and your unburdened self, then this is the time to get into the pain to power program. I want to ensure that each and every person is right for the program. So in the show notes below, there is a link to book an energy up-level call. In this call, we'll decide if the Pain to Power program is right for you. And if it's not, I have a whole host of other resources or practitioners to refer you to for wherever you might be on your journey. So if you are feeling stuck, you are ready to get out of chronic pain, and you are ready to live your life, sign up for that energy up-level call, and we will get you going on your next best steps. Can't wait to see you there.